Welcome back, everybody, as uh, we get you back here for another three hours on a Thursday afternoon, 21st day of April, 2022. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. This is Sports Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-600 and the number 9. You can also get into the program on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso, and check us out online, on Facebook, on the IG, anywhere you find us. Hey, a week from today, we're in Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby, Vegas. The NFL Draft will be at Caesars Palace, broadcasting live in the media room. And the Foss will be with us. His partner in crime, Chris Fernandez, will be tagging along from ESPN San Antonio. Also another El Paso native, a little older than us, but he's still uh, he's still an, a native. And I'm excited. Looking forward to the uh, broadcast uh, coming up a week from today, Adrian, when we go live uh, from the NFL Draft. A lot of trade news going on, Steve. Uh, nothing has been solidified yet, but a lot of rumors going on yesterday. We talked about the Debo Samuel possibility that he could be traded away from uh, the 49ers after requesting a trade. Uh, you, you saw also the Jets are being vocal about how they want to be aggressive about this. Maybe they throw in some draft compensation there. And could uh, the Tennessee Titans also look at trading their star wide receiver, A.J. Brown, as he's dealing with a contract dispute? I think these are all really great great storylines heading into the draft they are great storylines tons of stuff tons of stuff just absolutely love it again uh, our nfl draft broadcast will be presented that's right presented by the window depot and they are on board as our uh, presenting sponsor but also we've got so many great people that have jumped on board with window depot to make this thing possible i love it starting with taco avocat palo verde homes expert hvac and refrigeration Classic Elegance Coaches and 915 Tours, Clean Water of El Paso, Cisco Movers, Longhorn Distributing, and Roto-Rooter. And we might not even be done yet, Agent. We might have more coming on board. I, I have a feeling, Steve, that we're going to have some good friends coming on board and helping us out with the NFL draft, uh, bringing us this coverage. And, uh, yeah, I, I, am, I have full confidence that we're going to be adding some more. By the way, uh, special thanks go out to the Pearl David Perlman, who's helping us out with our 600 ESPN El Paso polos. He's getting those embroidered for us in the next couple days. So, Pearl, thank you very much. I know it's a busy time. Everybody's got stuff to do, so appreciate you helping us out there. We love the Pearl. Go back all the way to the uh, El Paso Scorpions rugby team, which he was a part of, but uh, he has been in the uh, business of uh, you know apparel, T-shirts, um, merchandise and, and so many things for, forever. That's his job. That's what brought him here. And uh, again, it was it took a phone call, Adrian. One phone call, and now we're getting those done. And I'm excited. Looking forward to showing up wearing the 600 colors when we get into uh, Vegas. Yeah, we're going to be in full uniform when we get out to Vegas. I'm, I love these. Uh, th- this whole idea that we had coming up with these polos, getting them embroidered. This is great. I, I thought we were going to slip a little bit on this, but no. Uh, the the Pearl saved us. Big shout-outs to them and everything they're doing for us uh, getting ready for the draft. We're going to look really good on uh, Thursday, Friday. By the way, we're paying for these ourselves, for those of you wondering. Uh, no, nah, this is a, uh, this is a, a, a Stephen Adrian special is what it comes down to so we went to costco found polos i'm just gonna tell everybody what we did good hey you know years ago when mondo and i showed up with these really cool 600 espn el paso polos we bought them at target 
Target. This time we hit Costco up, got a couple of nice shirts. Now we're getting them embroidered, and we're done. Out the door, just like that. That's the way to do it, Steve. We got to do it like this. Uh, we we um, you know, next time Nike will sponsor us. Maybe Adidas will get in the mix. Maybe yeah. we'll have a contract dispute. But we got to go out to Vegas and and earn those contracts first, right? And, and don't feel sorry for us. I've got a I've got a, a zillion six hundred ESPN El Paso polo shirts, but none that match Adrian because he doesn't have any. He jumped on board late, or do you have one? One, the red. Yes. You ha- oh, you have the red. Yes, I do. Good. I don't. So um, I'm happy you've got that one. So, but Adrian jumped on so late that really his wardrobe uh, doesn't have what we have. And in the Foss wanted one. And I mean, you know, he has none to show. So, all right, I, I, we had to we had to basically go from scratch and start doing this all over again. Yeah, I don't think we we're going to be able to bring on the Foss until we actually give him some swag because every time we bring him on, he's always asking for some 600 ESPN El Paso merch. Yeah, he is. I hope he's paying for it. Trust me. There's no uh, there's no given when it comes to the Foss on these. These are high quality things. Are getting done right here, right? It has to be. That's exactly right. All right. Anyway, uh, by the way, is your foot been ringing off the hook these days from uh, telemarketers yes. and? Oh my! Like today, for example, I swear to God, I feel like I've had five calls in the last hour telling me it's the last time I can uh, either get a, a refi on my mortgage or, or, or solar, uh, you know, solar panels or um, some kind of extended coverage on my on my car. I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah, as your boy is uh, p- planning to buy a house, also uh, planning a wedding yeah. here. Uh, yeah, I've got to always be on alert for any phone calls. And so, yeah, I'm definitely one of these guys who's getting scammed left and right answering these calls. And for everyone I block, they keep coming back with other numbers. I know. That's the crazy part. It's like every time they, they get you, they get you with a new uh, generated number out of the blue. And the best of the stupid text messages that absolutely have no bearing on you that you get. It's like a random text, and and they, they spell your name differently than everybody else does. And you're like, what is going on here? What is happening? You know, my texts are really funny because the spam texts I get are always asking me, hey, Adrian, do you want to buy this jersey 50% off? And I'm like, man, they really know me. Uh, and that's kind of scary. Oh yeah, you're getting the jersey. Uh, you're getting the jersey sale yeah, offers. Yeah, it's like, hey, these sports accessory of sports apparel and all oh, this stuff. I'm God. like, oh man, this is terrible. They know that they know who they're tar- they're targeting right here. I guess they do. I guess they do. So, all right. Um, by the way, we got a good show lined up for you today. I'm excited about the Jamal Sumlin being on the program. That's going to be a lot of fun because uh, he's going to be joining us. Uh, coming up here uh, in a little bit. And I think our 5 o'clock hour, we're Zooming with Jamal. That's exactly right. New UTEP uh, basketball commit. We'll be having Mario McKinney, who transferred from uh, New Mexico State over to UTEP tomorrow in our 4 o'clock hour. So, nice. Uh, He's Zooming uh, on the phones. He will also Zoom with us. Yes. Nice. So we're Zooming with our guests. Yeah, that's exactly right. So in case you're missing the, the action, or if you just want to watch us speak with these uh, UTEP basketball prospects that they're going to be uh, you know turning into signees here in a little bit once they make them official. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun when we get a chance to speak with them. I like that. I think that's fun, and I'm excited about that like you would be. So that's good news and a good way to get us going here on the program today. Um, by the way, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but man, oh, man, um, New Mexico State is signing some players. Uh, they found Jordan Ivy Curry, the former UTSA uh, 14, a gamer. They got him signed up, and uh, he is just the latest of what has been a run of players signing uh, with New Mexico State and head coach Greg Heyer. I think this week alone has been four or five guys coming on board. 
You know, Jordan Ivy Curry is somebody who we got a chance to watch once uh, when when he came to El Paso and played the minors. He is a absolute baller. First off in high school, he was under recruited. He only had two uh, Division One offers. One was UTSA. One was Appalachian State. Ivy Curry had even dropped fifty and sixty point games in high school. Uh, Ivy Curry was a absolute baller in his first year for the Roadrunners, and then he got a little injured and. And, you know, uh, injury riddled in his sophomore season, which, by the way, the Roadrunners were just abysmal last year in basketball. So he transfers away. He's in the portal. But he's like this sneaky guy. No one's really going after him because of recency bias. They, they want to see what kind of numbers he posted this past season. And, you know, he was simply injured. So uh, Jordan Ivy Curry get, uh, lands at a perfect spot. And, hey, Steve, I expect him to be, uh, you know, the Aggies starting point guard when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. He's a machine. He's going to be good. And then they also got that 6'9 uh, Juco player that played for hire at Northwest uh, Florida State. And he's another one, top 30 Juco player. And then they got the kid from Israel who's coming over, the uh, 6'2 or 6'3 guard. Um, and that's just the beginning. I think they signed some other players too. So he's starting to load up on guys now. Yeah, and, and just real quick, back to Jordan Ivy Curry. He averaged 13 points a game, even in a shortened season. 14. With the, uh, yeah, yeah, 13.9 points. Yeah, exactly, 14 points a game. And he shot, uh, you know, he shot a little bit lower than you'd want him to do, uh, 35% from the field. But still, you know, a, a guy who is a proven scorer, and even though he didn't play all this season, he was a, you know, he's a he's a real uh, baller and a really, really good player for UTSA. I like the other re- recruits that you just mentioned, mm. Steve. You get a, an international prospect. You also get a guy out of the junior college ranks that Coach Hire is very familiar with. Yeah, uh, New Mexico State uh, loading up in a big way this offseason. They got Dr. Bradley, one of my favorite names in basketball. Nice name. Dr. Bradley is a 6'8". He's the first hire guy. Uh, 6'8", 200-pounder from L.A., Salt Lake Community College. Okay, So they start with him. Then they get Dewan Gordon. He's the Missouri transfer from Chicago, 6'3", 190. There's your uh, other starter right there. Yep, he's a junior guard. Uh, then you've got Issa Muhammad. He's the six ten, six nine, two and a quarter, who played at Northwest Florida State. And and if that's not enough, how about uh, Shahar Lazar? He is the Israeli six three, one hundred and ninety eight uh, pounder from the Tel Aviv Academy and uh, Emunim Israel, who will be a 21-year-old freshman guard. And on top of all that, they get the kid from uh, UTSA. So Hire told me he had nine to give, and just based on what we're hearing right now, I think so far they've given five. Five of the nine, and they've gone big twice and then gone with three guards. It seems like they're really rounding out their depth chart, and you're kind of starting to see who might have a chance to start next year for the Aggies, who might come off the bench, who might be that you know role player for them, who who uh, makes their eight man rotation, who might be a project. But uh, nonetheless, New Mexico State really loading up in a positive way and getting some nice talent across the country. Heck yeah, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what they're doing right now. It's like every day they're adding a new guy. Yeah, they are. They're they're really keeping this momentum going. Uh, I feel like this one, the Jordan Ivy Curry one, is their biggest one yet. I, I really do. Uh, but you know, you know, Gordon, that's another. You could argue that Gordon's their best one that they've added out of the transfer portal from Missouri. So yeah, a lot of great names that Greg Hires been able to grab out of the transfer portal. And he should have more coming up, right? We're yeah. not done just. We're not done just yet. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's going to want to use as many scholarships as he can because in today's college basketball universe, why keep a scholarship under your under your belt? It, it might be beneficial uh, knowing that there are so many players in the transfer portal year after year to use all uh, all the scholarships you can. Yeah, exactly right. I don't even know who's still on the team. Do you? Like from last year? I know Mike Peek is still there. That's the only one I know right there. So I, I got to do some digging. I'm, I'm not too uh, I'm not too familiar with their roster as it as it stands right now. But yeah, I know it's Mike Peek, and that's that's about it. Christopher uh, Munazama just uh, tweeted us at 600 ESPN El Paso. What can we honestly expect from UTEP uh, in the upcoming season? Ten wins, NIT? I'll be honest with you, Christofino. I don't know. I mean, they still have uh, six spots left. And based on the roster right now, it is impossible to gauge what the, what will happen next season. And I'll, I'll go so far as to say that even when the roster is finished, it might be impossible to say what to expect because there's going to be so many newcomers. Yeah, I feel like uh, you if you want to ask us wins, like whether, whether they're going to finish in the postseason already here in April, no, ask us maybe in October and we'll give you a, um, you know, a better prediction than now. But we don't even know who's going to be in their starting five or who, who's going to be you know leading this team, who's going to be the veteran player of this group. So, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, left with this team before we make these kinds of uh, you know predictions. I'm with you on that one. I just I, we don't know because you have to see what kind of spots they fill. I mean, I'm still waiting to see if Juwan Newton comes back home and comes to El Paso. Some of the other players that have visited, whether it's uh, Division One portal guys or, uh, or Ju- JUCO transfers, I-, I don't know because what's, what we've noticed is that with this, uh, with this coaching staff, when guys take visits, they don't sign while they're here. Usually what will happen is they'll take the visit and then the commitment will come later. So it's almost impossible to tell right now with guys that have already come to UTEP and guys that are still coming to UTEP, who's going to get the offer and who's going to get a chance to sign with them? Yeah, you just simply don't know, and and it takes some time at least. It seems like for UTEP players who, or you know, prospects who end up coming here, the guys that they're targeting, even calling up, it takes some time for them to you know finally commit or decide to to choose. And it could be you know a coaching standpoint, like the coaches might want to hold off on actually offering that scholarship until they have them here or they they evaluate the player and stuff like that. We just don't know, but we do know that UTEP is after uh, a Chicago State guard today. Uh, they, that um, that made uh, social media headlines, and same with a Eastern Illinois forward who's six foot nine has two years of eligibility. I mean, the kid that averaged three points a game, yeah, twenty six games at only. Eastern Illinois. Yep, there you go. I, I can't see that being a scholarship player. I, I can't I agree with you there. That's got to be a walk on uh, because yeah. who would waste a scholarship on somebody at Eastern Illinois who's dropping three points a game? Unless you are, you know something that we don't, or something that Eastern Illinois does, uh, didn't know. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one, Steve. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, 17 pass. Just getting going here on the program. More of your tweets coming up. Phone calls as well. 505-6009 as we head over to Charlie One with traffic. 22 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505-6009 our telephone number. To get right on in and through to the program, checking uh, some of the tweets coming into the show. Why Ketien? Can we even field the team? Well, not right now. I mean, they need six players still. They can't field the team yet. Still need their backcourt to be done for UTEP. They got work to do. So, Sibley, yeah. Maybe um, 
you know, one other player I could see, you know, eventually Onyema getting into the starting lineup, assuming his defense comes along. I could also see that Dos Anjos kid getting into the starting lineup, but they need more guards right now. And I could see Mario McKinney Jr. getting into the starting lineup, potentially. That could be a possibility. But but they need they need to get at least two to three more starters. Some will say four starters before it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm working on a story on the website. It's taking me a lot longer than uh, I, I expected, but UTEP's biggest needs, and I'm just kind of going like statistical categories, Steve, and you know, they lose three of their best three-point shooters, and and I know that, well, I know they lost a lot of their production, of course, with 10 guys hitting the portal or departing from the team, whatever right. it may be, but uh, you know, between three-point shooting, getting a guy who has proven rebounding skills, having some good defensive guys who can come off the bench for you and filling out that backcourt, UTEP's got a lot of needs you know that they need to still address with the rest of these six scholarships they have and mark's on the line i'm gonna get to mark in a second by the way just understand this emmanuel white today announced he's going to western new mexico okay and uh, that's really not a surprise there there are plenty of guys in the portal from utep that are gonna have a hard time going to mid-majors or power fives they're gonna have to they're gonna have to go down a level if they want to play that's just the way it is and you know what, Emmanuel White was a scholarship guy, but he really wasn't in the plans for the next couple of years with UTEP. And if he wants to play and have a bigger role, he's got to go to a Western New Mexico and show that he can get good minutes and, and play. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these uh, transfers who end up leaving UTEP uh, often make lateral moves or, or even, you know, t- times... Uh other times they actually take that step down in their move. But like FEODG going to Troy, I feel like that's a very lateral move. Same with Christian Scholin playing for Portland this past year. He transferred uh, from last year's team. And you you look at, guy, I mean, of course, Bryson Williams is the obvious upgrade where he upgraded his situation from going, uh, you know, going from Conference USA to the Big 12. But you, you rarely see guys make that big jump from Conference USA and UTEP over to, uh, you know, a Power 5 school unless you're, you're an all-conference type of player. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. There's still nine left in the portal. We'll see where they all end up. Meanwhile, Mark's uh, joining us. He wants to get in 25 past the hour here on Sports Talk. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good afternoon, guys. How are you all doing? Hey, we're fine. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate the call. Good. So, I'm always calling in with some crazy ideas for UTEP, and and here's another one. So, they're, they're having some issues with recruitment right now, and, you know, UTEP's base uh, student body is mainly international students, and and that's one of the things that appeals to, to to the international body. So my point is is the next one: what would it take, or what are the uh, maybe restrictions on recruiting some international players? Maybe getting some of that, you know, uh, one of those strong guards that coming out of South America, something like a Manu Ginobili or a Tony Parker type of player that, you know, maybe doesn't have the size but has that, that really good shooting ability and quickness. And also, I mean, why not look at, at something like, like uh, the, the amateur leagues in Mexico where they haven't gone pro yet and maybe get, maybe get a center or somebody with some really good size and some really good aggressiveness to guard that post position? It's hard because... You know, I mean, you look at the Latin players that come out of Mexico around college basketball, there's not a ton of them. And usually the good ones are are, are up a level. They'll probably go to most um, power fives 
uh, let alone mid-majors. It's difficult. I mean, recruiting now, it's so much harder because of, of the internet and social media. There's really no diamonds in the rough these days. Everybody knows about everybody. You can't sneak a player in. Now, Europe is interesting because uh, you look at what New Mexico State just did, getting the kid from Israel, Lazar. Uh, it's possible. You can do that. Um, uh, it's it's a little more expensive because you either have to travel to Europe to recruit or have good connections there to send you guys. But that I could see. Mexico is also a possibility. But once again, um, you would think that if there are you know mid major or power five uh, talent there, uh, most schools would already know about them. It's kind of tough to to you know find uh, that diamond in the rough, so to speak. Mark. No, completely agree. And and like I said, you know. Just dynamic ideas, throwing stuff out there, brainstorming. Sure. So hopefully, hopefully the people you know that are at the front office get the idea and they go out and get the players that we want to see you know on the court. Yeah, I like it. I mean, listen, I like it. Think out of the box. Here's the thing, okay? I don't necessarily know if they're struggling recruiting. I think what happened is this. So here's my, and again, I might be completely wrong, Mark, uh, and I appreciate the phone call. But here's my here's my take on it. I think UTEP brought in players and signed players early on that kind of helped fill out the roster, so to speak. In other words, they they really kind of brought in players that will round out the roster first. Now they have six left, and they really want to make these count. So they're being a little more selective, and ultimately, because some of these players are going to have to be major contributors, they don't want to just hand out scholarships now to hand them out. Now they need to really make sure that the guys they bring in are going to be very key contributors. Yeah, they have to really, really uh, uh, hone in on the right recruit versus trying to get all you know a, a bunch of uh, recruits to come in and then have some guys commit when you're not really sure on what, whether or not you like them or not. Uh, Mark brings up some good points, and actually UTEP has has gone out and tra- uh, started to recruit guys who play in the states but have international backgrounds. So, for example, Evansville guard and the, the grad transfer Shamar. Givens. He's from Toronto, Ontario. So that's a Canada product right there. Uh, Jonathan Dosanjos, he's from Brazil. So that's another one right there that you could look at today. We found out that UTEP's targeting Chicago State guard Ali Dibba. Uh, I might be mispronouncing that, but he's from Sweden. And in fact, he didn't even play the, that much this past year because he he uh, had to deal with international travel restrictions that were uh, against him and then also a hand injury that hurt him. But, you know, point is, UTEP is doing their due diligence and trying to go after some of these international products some of them might have some um, you know division one experience here in the states already absolutely right so 29 pass as we hit the bottom of the hour uh, our telephone number again is 505-6009 that's 505-6009 and and let's not sugarcoat it it's not like utep is pushing the panic button They're they've got recruits in right now as we speak so they are absolutely um still you know bringing players into town evaluating, and who knows? Maybe they're going to be offering. Maybe they'll be signing players later today or tomorrow it could, or, or into the weekend. It could be happening. they got to get it done soon, Adrian. They have nine days. I mean, by this time next week when we're in Vegas at the NFL Draft, it's very possible UTEP has all six scholarships handed out by now. Yeah, and at that point right there, if they don't have all those scholarships, you're only looking at walk-ons and you're only looking at grad transfers. Those are the only two that could end yep. up joining the minors after that May 1st deadline. 
or you could sign players and just not have them next season. Correct. Yeah, like high, even high school guys, you could sign technically and then not have them until they graduate or whenever they come onto campus. Bottom of the hour, more in a moment as we continue here on Sports Talk. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter as we send it over right now to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. All right, Adrian. Thank you very much. As we continue here on the program right now, uh, once again, would love to hear from you, 505-6009, our telephone number to get right on in and through to Sports Talk. Here's one that completely went under our, the radar, and uh, I'll say this, uh, you know, we always try to keep an eye on things, but just miss this one completely, and that is yesterday, right before we went on the air, Willie Eldridge announced on uh, Twitter that he was entering the transfer portal. Haven't had a lot of UTEP football players announced, but following spring ball, here's what Willie uh, tweeted out. First, I would like to thank the University of Texas at El Paso. Thank you to the coaching, academic staff, and everybody that I met and still will have relationships within El Paso. I am entering the transfer portal, God's plan. That comes from Willie Eldridge. Now, um, I thought this season Willie had a chance to really be the third running back uh, behind, uh, you know, really the the dynamic duo um, of uh, Deion Hankins, who was the, uh, the, the really the workhorse, and also Ronald Awad. I thought that was going to really be the, you know, the 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 1A 1B, but I thought that then Willie Eldridge could be that third back and really one injury away from having a, a major role because he's been paying his dues. Now, I'll say this, you still have Ray Flores. Let's not forget about Ray, and Ray could also be that third running back, and you've got even more depth behind him. So, there's a ton of competition right now in the running back room at UTEP. Yeah, and and Willie Eldridge is somebody who played in just 3 games in each of his 2 seasons as a freshman for the Miners. He'll have 3 years of eligibility to play assuming that he uh, you know, he did use Use his uh, red shirt this past season, and that that burned out his freshman year. So you look at Willie Eldridge; it's always what could have been with him. He was a three-star prospect out of the Houston area. Um, you know, it, it just was tough for him to break through this depth chart. It's a talented running back group that the Miners currently have, and that's a, a good problem to have for UTEP. Now, I look at that you you know that the, those top three that you said right there. I I look at Ray Flores to easily be that third-string guy, but if it's not Ray Flores. How about one of the other guys who's really stepped up this spring? Coach Dana Dimmel has talked about him. He's five foot nine, Cartaven Walker, and he's from Cisco College. He looked really good in the spring showcase. He's kind of a scat back. He has a lot of speed to him. Maybe he's that guy who could be the third guy in the in the running back group. You still have Mr. Joseph. That's one of the new. I'm sorry, Mr. Chavis, who they just brought in. Uh, he's the redshirt freshman from Maricopa, Arizona, who can be that five ten hundred eighty pound kind of dual running back wide receiver in the same mold as a Flores and then you also have um, on the roster right now, and I forgot about this, former Andrus running back Jalen Joseph, who's a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, and Jalen Joseph got a lot more playing time um, in the spring showcase, whether it's playing on special teams or actually being involved in the offense. You saw some reps from him in the spring showcase, and uh, he was somebody who's really good at Andrus, and, and his body looks great. Like, at Andrus, he was a little bulkier running back. Now he's, like, s- slim, he's very uh, fast, and he's a redshirt sophomore. Let's see what uh, the local product can do from Andrus. 
dangerous high school. But you know what I'm surprised about? UTEP did not recruit a running back this year because they thought they were so loaded they didn't need one. And I'm really, again, I thought Willie Eldridge had had a chance to get a lot of playing time this season as that third back because if you know, uh, Dana Dimmel likes to rotate backs. He is not about going and giving one running back 30 carries a game. Yeah, and it also, if you notice with Dana Dimmel's roster, some days, like, out of the blue, they'll just add a guy. Like, <laughs> you, you don't really know who that player is, but he'll just appear on the roster. He'll get on the practice field or something. They'll say he's a transfer or a junior college guy who's coming into the mix. And that was, like, uh, the case for Cartraven Walker because he was not signed last year. He was somebody who was, like, a mid-year acquisition from them from Cisco College, which they're, you know, that's another UTEP JUCO pipeline right there. And uh, if it's Cartraven Walker who ends up being that third uh, third uh, running back in their rotation, I wouldn't be surprised just seeing how high they are, like how, how high the coaching staff is on this guy and uh, what they really think of him after that spring showcase. Well, maybe that's, the, you know, that could be a good point. Could be a really good point. Cartraven could be the name. He could be the guy. So sometimes uh, players like Willie Elders see the writing on the wall after a spring where suddenly he could slide down even farther on the depth chart and maybe he realizes for him to get a chance to play, he's got to go someplace else. It just makes you also realize how uh, how hard it is for a high school product to really break through it at UTEP. Uh, it seems like it has to be the proven guys. Those are the guys who always have the advantage, the step up over the guys who are high school products. I mean, really, Jacob Cowing, that's got to be the, the one guy. And, and Dion Hankins, those are the two guys that I look at are uh, as high school products for UTEP who have really starred. The rest of them, JUCO guys. Yeah, it's, it's tough to break through as a high school guy. That's that's not a lie. It is very difficult to come on the scene here and 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 just be able to get you know get in the rotation like that. Not easy. Unless you've stayed with this program for a while, like Ronald Awad, he had to do his time. I mean, he's with two different coaching staffs. And look at how he was weighed down on the depth chart, battling injuries early in his career, and then all of a sudden, and he even changed positions. Yeah, and he's a he, linebacker. And then he comes back, and look what he did last season. Yeah, he's their starting running back going into this season, no doubt, and he's earned that right. And uh, Ronald Awad, he had to really cut his teeth in order to get that starting position. But some guys just don't want to wait that long. They they want to be a, a starter. They want playing time. They want to see action on the field sooner rather than later it's true and I'll always wonder what could have been with it with Eldridge but even when he had his opportunities here he never had that one big breakout performance that made you say man oh man here's another you know here's another guy just waiting to explode it was a lot of potential, and it just you never really saw it translate onto the field. Kind of reminds me of T.J. Goodwin, who was a three-star prospect, also out of Houston, just never really could break through the depth chart and wanted to leave UTEP after a couple years. 915-505-6009 as we continue here on Sports Talk. All right, when we come back, um, movie review? Yes, we Most have. definitely. That's Very right. nice. All right, Adrian's movie review as we continue. 600 ESPN El Paso. Here we go, everybody. Uh, time for uh, Adrian's movie review. For, uh, by the way, I got to tell you, some people, when they see me, they, they, they get confused. They go, why is Adrian reviewing old movies on Sports Talk? And they don't, they, 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 they really, they don't know the backstory. So in case you don't know the backstory, what happened was, was that Adrian's young. He's in his mid-20s. And he hasn't seen some of these classics from the uh, 80s and 90s like a lot of us have. So... One day, we started going through a list of movies, 
and the majority of them, Adrian was said he had never seen. Cody Decker then arrived one day when he was here and was just in shock of the number of movies Adrian had not seen. So we decided, you know what? Adrian's going to get to catch up on all these classic movies, and we are going to make a segment out of it on Sports Talk every day and give Adrian the chance to review all these movies that he has not seen. So that is the whole storyline, the premise behind Adrian's movie reviews. And the good news is, since a lot of us have seen these movies, it's nice now that Adrian is adding to his cinematic portfolio by checking out so many of these classics. Steve, you gave me a recommendation yesterday. We've had listeners give us recommendations left and right. Doing these movie reviews has been a lot of fun. Uh, You're right. It's added to my uh, film library. And uh, Angel Munoz, our other board op here on 600 ESPN El Paso, he recommended that I I start, like, documenting these movies and, like, putting it together, like, hey, saying, yes, you should watch again. No, don't watch again. So there's a little app that he he shared with me as well. So, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. What's the movie today, Adrian? The Best of Times. That's right, Steve. Robin Williams is Jack Dundee. Uh, he's a jester. He jokes throughout the movie. You know, he's this hes this football player who uh, his life is in shambles because he dropped the biggest pass of his life, and that was a, uh, a deep ball pass to win against their rivals in this town. Uh, Jack's life is just a mess. I mean, he, uh, he has nothing going for him, and... I look at him as as somebody who's kind of miserable, as somebody who kind of lives in the past, and his friend, or not really, I should say, his friend is Reno, who's Kurt Russell. He's uh he works at like kind of like this body shop for like vans and stuff like that. Uh, Dundee, uh, I mean Jack, he works at this bank, and his father-in-law's at this bank, and his father-in-law is a huge supporter of the rival school that uh, you know Jack and Reno ended up losing to in that game, and the father always always gets on him about dropping that pass so I think this eats at uh, Jack throughout this whole film Uh, he gathers a group of middle-aged men to go out and replay this game which I found ridiculous I found hilarious Uh, and that was because Jack really wanted this to happen he wanted this game to happen so badly and uh, by the way I love the fact that Reno's the only guy ever to wear these white shoes uh, in football That, that was pretty funny and now you know uh, all these players are wearing white and cleats and white shoes uh, left and right. It ends how you expect. He catches the pass. He, he leaves with his girl. He, he feels way more confident. His life starts turning upward. And Steve, you know, I, I was I was thinking to myself when I was watching this, ah, this probably was like a, a four bananas out of ten film. Uh, I, I don't I don't really know about this one, but because it has Robin Williams. It's plus three bananas automatically. So seven bananas out of ten in this one. Uh, Solid film. You have to watch it. It's like one you have to watch. Uh, I think all these sports films kind of have to have a happy ending, so you have to go in with that you know, kind of in the back of your mind. So, yeah, I'm glad I watched this one. Great recommendation. So the actors made it for you. The storyline itself was just mediocre at best. Wasn't that thrilled. But when you had the actors, uh, some of the classics, especially Robin Williams and Kurt Russell, that changed did for you i want those glasses that robin williams is wearing in this film like those uh those like big glasses that he wears those dorky ones i think those are hilarious and uh by the way robin williams is is a absolute icon when it comes to film i just did a quick top three for for all our listeners honorable mention for me as far as robin williams films is jumanji number three for me is dead poet society number two patch adams and then number one goodwill hunting they're all classics 
Every single one of them are classics. So, all right. Nicely done. The Best of Times, 1986 for those of you. And if you would like to uh, ever watch it, you can watch it for free on IMDb TV. Yeah, it was free on YouTube. It was free on Tubi. It was free on the Roku channel, Steve. So it's free everywhere. Absolutely right. Um, All right. And then we'll have a new one uh, tomorrow on our Friday edition of Sports Talk as uh, we continue uh, with that here on the program and excited about that. All right, uh, winding up the hour as we do, um, how about the fact that that junior college pitcher who attacked the player that was rounding third, he got a four-game suspension for that. Four Only. games. I can't believe it was in, at least for the season, Steve, if not more. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm really shocked that it was just four games after he speared that guy in, in a in a total cheap shot, like I mentioned yesterday. Uh, the guy wasn't even looking at him, rounding third. I don't care what the batter said to the pitcher at the time. Uh, there's there the, uh, you know there's no place for that in this in the sport of baseball. I thought there would be more. I thought there'd be a longer suspension. Me now too. they now they did say his junior college is discussing expulsion. After what happened. Wow, that's now that's really interesting right there. And as you might imagine, there was some trash talking when he was going around the bases, and that's when the pitcher just lost it and blindsided him after he ran third. Yeah, but there's no reason to do that. Like you can't lose your cool as a pitcher in that situation. I get it. If you want, if you want to go to the extent of you know uh, approaching him after that, or even you know facing him, f- uh, f- like you know f- um, you know face to face instead of just spearing him like in a blindside fashion, because that's what he did. It was a cheap shot move, and yeah, it, it was just really, really uh, that's surprising that it was just four games. The league suspended all team members. Uh, that were in the, in the dugout or the bullpen or any assistant coaches who went onto the field uh, in that incident for two games each. Good. I mean, those everybody who was involved should have been suspended, but again, the pitcher should have been suspended more than just four. I know. The umpire proceeded to suspend the game until further notice. They're supposed to face each other again over the weekend. We just don't know if uh, potentially one of these teams might even have enough players to play the game. Yeah, might have to forfeit at that point, Steve, if, if uh, they're not able to uh, field a team in that sense. Weatherford Police, uh, College Police is investigating the incident and has already taken statements. So there you go. Wow, they're, they're really taking this to another level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, that's a wild story. It, it really is. Uh, not as wild as Mike Tyson on an airplane, but anybody who's dumb enough to try to mess with Iron Mike on a flight deserves everything he does to you. Everything. Leave the man alone. Man, you know, it was, when I saw that news that he was here in El Paso, I'm just glad that no one did what they did to him today uh, here in El Paso and then gave our city a bad name. True. Very true. But if you throw water at Mike Tyson, what do you think he's going to do? Just sit there and take it? Come on. Hour number two, 25 minutes from now, Jamal Sumlin, UTEP's uh, one, of his, one of their newest players, the Cleveland, Ohio guard. He'll join us along with his high school coach via Zoom right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Hour two of Sports Talk is underway. He's Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Coming up in about 20 minutes here on Sports Talk from our Lubingo studios where we're located to our Zoom interview. It is going to be Jamal Sumlin, 
newest uh, UTEP minor, the uh, high school guard, will be with us, along from Cleveland, Ohio, along with his high school coach, Adrian. I'm excited about this. That's right. That's uh, head coach Sean Spencer, who will be joining the call as well. And uh, we'll have this on our Zoom, on Zoom so people can check it out on our YouTube channel, yes. 600 ESPN El Paso on YouTube, so you can watch this interview after it's done. So you interact with a lot of minor fans. I interact with a lot of minor fans. Right now, the way things are going with six spots still open and, what, um, nine days until the deadline to be eligible this season, are most of the people you talk to pushing the panic button? Yes. Me too. And And they're going crazy when they're asking me why I'm so calm. They're like, how can you be so calm? And I said, because... What there's no reason not to be um, as crazy as it sounds because you're late in the game. Um, I would be nervous if it was May first and they had six spots open and they had to try to find a creative way to build a team for next year. But to me, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt until we see the roster and what they do and have faith that Joe Golding knows what the heck he's doing. Yeah, and, and why would you give him the benefit of the doubt? And I think it's what you just said. It's because Joe Golding came here in year one at UTEP, and he put together a 20-win season for the Miners in a year where they had a lot of adversity. Injuries, COVID hit them, uh, you know, stomach bug, whatever it may be, adversity off the court, whatever it may be. Uh, all that faced this team this past year, yet they managed to win 20 games, which I thought was uh, very remarkable considering where they were in the midway point of the season. And because of those things right there, I have faith in the coaching staff at least for right now unless you know we're talking in June 1st and we're still trying to round out the starting five yeah, yeah then, then maybe you you get a little worried but no, no need to panic right now we kind of expected a lot of UTEP players heading into the transfer portal po- following the season the truth is this is all almost completely expected the only names that I could tell you that I didn't expect I didn't expect the enemy because all indications were he was staying he wasn't going to go pro he didn't remember he didn't go into the portal the enemy just decided to go pro he didn't even uh, go, uh, like celebrate his graduation uh, in the final like senior day for UTEP. That's because I think that at that point, he was still planning on coming back. Plus, I don't think he's graduated yet. I think you're right on that, Steve. I, I think that's exactly right. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Satterfield caught me a little bit off guard, but I could understand both sides. I mean, Jamal disappeared the last, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, right. Jamal disappeared the last, um, what? Like the postseason, yeah. In the postseason. And, you know, UTEP probably needs more consistency. I get all that. That one I do. But everybody else, we pretty much knew it was coming. Just a matter of when it hit. It hit later than everybody thought. And then, of course, when we were telling you, brace for the worst, and the worst happened, everybody immediately went into full panic mode around here. I feel like it's just the transfer portal. Whenever you say the word transfer portal in the city of El Paso, everybody kind of gets scared. They get frustrated because, uh, you know, they they think that this is a loyal town. I mean, a lot of people, this is a, a town that's built on relationships, built on family. And, uh, you know, the, the minor fan base thinks of the UTEP players as their family as well. So when, you know, somebody enters the portal, they take it personal, Steve. They, they, go, they go in these guys' DMs and their Twitter mentions and they voice their frustrations, which should never really happen but uh that's the case for UTEP fans right here they're so passionate that they that it really hurts them personally when these guys enter the portal of course it does but you know what be classy wish them well 
Don't go into their DMs and start trashing them or rip them publicly on social media. That is such a bad look. I said it yesterday or two days ago. I'll say it again. Don't do that. You're better than that. Well, maybe you're not better than that, but try to be better than that if possible. Yeah, exactly. With with all these players, you got to remember at the end of the day, they're 18, 19, 20-year-olds, and some of these guys don't even make the decisions themselves. Yep. It's coaches, it's parents, it's people in their lives who are telling them, hey, you need to go out and do this. We we don't want you being over there anymore. And because they're kids, they're, they're young adults or kids, they, may, they say, okay, well, I'll follow those decisions right there. Exactly right. So um, I'm, I'm, my message is don't hit the panic button. Give him the chance. Give him the opportunity. Uh, Joe Golding did not arrive last week. He's been here for a year. He's seen the league. He knows what it's going to take. He's aware of the of of what the portal's all about, and he's going to navigate through it uh, to to get the best possible outcome for his team. Don't think that he's preparing himself to go out there and finish in the middle to the bottom half of the league. He wants to win it, hang a banner, and go to the NCAA tournament. And at the same point, with all that being said, you can hold this coaching staff accountable for the recruits they bring in or Absolutely. guys that they miss out on or, or don't bring in. You can That's very fair. If you're a UTEP fan right now and you want to hold this program accountable for the recruits they get, that's totally fine, and I think that's warranted. But don't don't say that this the sky is falling right now when we don't really know what the roster will look like in the fall. The only tie to Rodney Terry is... Zarek Onyema, that's it. The only one. Everybody else now will be Joe Golding's guys. And you know what? That's good. Because that means now that uh, Rodney Terry's players are all gone, um, you can evaluate Coach Golding with his guys, which is exactly what you want. I also feel like when you're talking about the brand that Joe Golding wants, he's talked about things like he wants my, uh, you know, UTEP players that are gritty, the guys who are going to play defense, guys who are selfless and who are going to do everything that it takes to win. So, you, you know, that's an interesting approach right there in just kind of the philosophy of recruiting. So if you're uh, trusting this coaching staff to recruit guys like that, I think UTEP fans will really appreciate the newcomers. 100%. 100%. You want to weigh in, 505-6009. My, my, my message to you right now is don't panic. Do not hit the panic button. No matter how tough it is watching New Mexico State sign player after player after player. By the way, they need to sign nine, just like UTEP. So give them an opportunity. Let's see what happens. If after the six that are signed, you don't like what you see, you don't, you know, on paper it doesn't look good, then we can talk about it. But right now, nothing's happened yet. For all we know, he lines himself up with a couple of stud guards, gets a couple of more big men that can play, and suddenly UTEP looks like a favorite for Conference USA in a week and a half. Yeah, they're going to go up against some serious competition too because Western Kentucky, they got that really good transfer out of Kentucky, like, you know, KU, that's John Calipari. And uh, and then he all, you also look um, with UAB and how they got the guy out of Louis, uh, LSU. So there's been some big transfer portal news come out of Conference USA. Uh, I know minor fans want UTEP. UTEP to also bring them some uh, good transfer portal news on their end. Got this uh, this on, on the app a little while ago from Pinky, who's listening in. Announcement, he messages us on the app, chats uh, in real time while he's listening to the show. It's Thursday, finally cutting grass and listening to sports talk on the app. Go San Francisco Giants, glad they do not return to New York City. R.I.P. Larry, what a reference to Larry. He means Larry Gold. Uh, for those of you that don't know, okay, um, I always write about sports on this website 
yesterday, late last night, I wrote about Larry Gold. And Larry Gold was a longtime friend of mine, friend of the family's. Larry uh, owned Hello Pizza on the west side of town, over there on Country Club, uh, right by Tennis West. Had it for almost 35 years. Sadly, we lost Larry uh, suddenly uh, last uh, April. And um, when that happened, it it surprised uh, so many of us because I had seen Larry uh, just a month earlier, took the family in for dinner, made an unbelievable pizza for us, and actually uh, gave my son a chance to go behind the counter and put the and, and, and take his uh, pizza dough and hammer it out there, flatten it out, add his cheese, add his sauce, make the pizza himself. We took videos. It was awesome. Had a great time. And Larry, again, is, is somebody that, for me, uh, has always been a huge part of, of our lives because of the restaurant, which I used to go and hang out in, in high school. A bunch of us would drive from Coronado over to Hello Pizza. Somehow we made it back in time. He'd give us the two slices and his soda, tell us some funny stories. We'd look at his pizza boxes signed by WWF wrestlers at the time, and it was awesome. So Larry was very much a part of our lives, and that's one of the reasons why when it came down to it last night, Adrian, I bucked the trend, didn't write about sports, wrote a long uh, tribute to Larry Gold and Hello Pizza, put it up on the website, and uh, tweeted it out today with the link because he deserved it. I'm happy we were able to write it. His family was great because they provided us with a ton of pictures. We made a photo gallery out of it. And Larry truly is one of those El Paso legends who uh, will miss. But, you know, what he was all about from the pizza to the conversation to his personality, that is something that's going to live on forever. Well, these per- his personality is like coming out of these pictures, Steve. Like these photos are amazing that the Larry Gold's family provided to our our website and to you. I love the one where he's flipping the pie. Love all these where he's just with his family and he's just cheesing and, and smiling it on it. And I love the vintage one, you know, where he's standing right in front of Hello Pizza in his apron. How about the one next to Emerald Agassi? Oh man, I'm I'm looking at that one right now. Wow, that's an awesome one. I love that hat that he's wearing with that too. This so chef hat. Larry worked a lot of celebrity chef dinners around L.A. and Vegas over the years. Um, he got to know Rick uh, Rick Bayless, who was a very famous uh, chef, uh, Mexican food uh, chef, and then obviously Emeril Lagasse. Um, and and the best was always the stories. I loved the stories. I never got to see the celebrities when they walked into Hello Pizza, but I I, I either missed uh, Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. Um, wow. I, you know he was they were there on on a couple of occasions, according to Larry. And I was always like wanting. The, I was always like, man, you always the stories were there for us. It was like he works at Jennifer Aniston party in L.A. Next thing you know, he takes out his phone and I see like him with celebrity after celebrity after a list celebrity. So it was very cool. So it's like the who's who uh, has tried um, Hello Pizza and uh, and and had a had a chance to experience what Larry uh, delivered to them. One hundred percent. And, and, so cool. and this last pizza he served us uh, a month before he died, this pizza uh, Giardiniera is amazing because we started doing what Larry did. We, we're now taking 
um, like frozen cheese pizzas, putting the uh, Italian spicy vegetables on the pizza. And it's not Larry's. It's not ever going to be close to that. But it gives us the taste that we had that one night, which is a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome, Steve. And and I'm really glad that you did this tribute to him. And, and I'm sure his family really would appreciate when they see this. And, yeah, this is a, an awesome, awesome tribute to uh, one of the best icons in, uh, you know, El Paso right here in Hello Pizza. It's up on the website. If you have a little time, take the read, folks. And for those of you that knew Larry, you'll get it. If you didn't know Larry, uh, you'll read that story and you'll feel like you know him. That's the idea. That was the point of, of why I, I wrote that last night up on our website. All right, when we come back. Sean Spencer and his player, Jamal Sumlin, one of UTEP's newest recruits for the class of 2022, will join us live here on 600 ESPN El Paso right after we say hello to Charlie One and get this traffic update. 19 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Adrian, I'm excited about our next guest. In fact, you know, whenever we could talk about new members of the UTEP Miners, uh, it's definitely something to get pretty uh, excited about, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and I know a lot of UTEP fans, Steve, are, are looking to know who's the latest uh, UTEP prospect to commit and join this team. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure everybody's excited to meet the newest UTEP commit in Jamal Sumlin. Well, let's do it because we've got Jamal here uh, with us on the show via Zoom along with uh, his high school coach, uh, Sean Spencer. And uh, we're going to go all the way to Ohio and uh, Cleveland, Ohio, to make this thing happen. Uh, Gentlemen, welcome aboard. Jamal, good to have you on the show. Coach Spencer, we appreciate you being here as well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me too. Uh, You bet. All right, uh, so Jamal, you got the UTEP hat on. I'm excited to see that. I like the background. Um, Just out of curiosity, over the last couple of weeks, how much have you learned about UTEP basketball? I really learned a lot. I thought it was like a very small place at the, uh, when I first saw this stuff, but when I went out there, I liked it real good. Oh, so you took your visit to UTEP a couple yeah. weeks ago. Um, yeah, so when you, when you said you thought it was a small place, how big, I mean, how many people do you think were in El Paso just out of curiosity? Because this one I got to hear. Not a lot. It was a little. There's a few. Like a couple thousand. Not that much, though. Yeah, uh, it, it might not be Cleveland, uh, Jamal, but still, El Paso's a pretty good size, uh, right there around uh, you know 800,000 to a million people, a lot of UTEP fans. When you went into the arena and saw the Haskins Center and you saw the banners hanging and the court and the mountain and everything else, is that really when the kind of it, it, the switch flipped for you? Yes, uh, I saw a lot of things out there that I liked about El Paso, including the college campus and stuff. I'm curious about the trip. Tell me about uh, the trip and, and really how the trip went for you in general. The flying part was kind of terrible. It's tired. We got delayed over. But when we got out there, the trip was good. Uh, the people were respecting us. They ain't disrespectful. They were showing us around, telling us things we need to know about El Paso and stuff when we get down there. Sounds like fun. All right, so you had a chance to enjoy yourself a little bit, and then you came back. Did they Just out of curiosity, did, they, did you land during the day or at night? It was kind of like nighttime out there, around like 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock. There's a reason for that. You land at night, you see all the lights everywhere. And as you're getting, you're looking out of the plane window, you're like, man, there's this city is huge because that's all you do. All you do is see all the lights coming around, right? (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) 
Well, it's funny because that's one of the things that the coaches would always tell us that when they bring recruits in, they want them to land at night because that's the first thing you see is you see all those lights and it makes a pretty big impression because then you realize uh, there's a few more than, than, than a couple thousand people here in El Paso, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, are you familiar with the names like Tim Hardaway, Nate Tiny Archibald, and some and the 66 team from Glory Road and some of the Utah players in the past? Uh, I'm up to Tim Hardaway, you feel me? I played with him a lot on 2K. That's how I'm really known him and stuff. Oh my god, unbelievable. Adrian, this is what I'm this is what we're getting now. Guys that play on 2K with the legends. That's how we figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised at all, but uh, but that's awesome there, Jamal. And uh, my my biggest question for you, as far as your your trip, who were some of the uh, you know it, what what were some of the driving forces that that uh, brought you here to El Paso, as far as uh, the UTEP coaching staff? Uh, just the city, like just the people I saw out there walking around and stuff, and see the stuff they was doing and stuff. And they very good people out there. They they care for everybody a little like out there. They want to have fun with everybody. Coach, how long have you known Jamal? And and tell me a little bit about how your relationship started. So I've known Jamal. Uh, met Jamal. He was in the seventh grade at uh, Marion Sterling. Uh, he and I. Uh, he came to our open gym. I invited him to open gym in the seventh grade. That was my first year as the head coach. And um, Jamal was holding his own uh, as a seventh grader against guys that were in the you know eleventh, tenth, twelfth grade. Um, and funny thing about Jamal, people don't know a little fun fact. He's played in every city championship here in Cleveland since his seventh grade year. Wow, that's 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 pretty incredible when you start to think about that. So we're talking, really, uh, what five city championships over the last five years? Correct. Well, well, yep, five because we missed a year because of COVID. Yep. Okay, that's 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 remarkable in itself. Uh, tell me about the quality of basketball in Cleveland and and really the level it is. Everybody knows about um, LeBron, obviously, and. And, you know, when he came from Akron. But in terms of just the overall quality of talent in Cleveland, how would you assess it, Coach? Uh, some talented guys up here in Northeast Ohio. We had a kid um, last year go to Georgetown that was from Northeast Ohio, from uh, Lutheran East. We had another kid. Um, some other kids went to some local colleges around here, Division One colleges. Uh, we got a kid this year. Jamal played against his head to Cleveland State. Uh, so guys are around here getting after it. So uh, I think they found a, a diamond in the rough here. Jamal's a very, very talented kid, man. He's going to do some big things out there at uh, Texas El Paso for sure. How have you seen his game really improve in the last couple of years? So when we first, when he first got to Rose, we were, um, again, that was my second year. Nope, nope. Yeah, it was my second year by the time he got there. Um, he was more of a pass-first guy. Uh, Jamal can play with, you know, he can put him with the, the lesser guys, I would say when we're running fives and those guys somehow always end up winning games and stand on a winter court versus going to the losing court. Then um, the second year, his sophomore year, we made a big jump. We beat a, a private powerhouse here twice in one year, uh, beat them at their place and then beat them in the state playoffs. We ended up losing in the district finals to the number one team in the state. Uh, and Jamal was again, a, a floor general, floor leader for us. And then his senior year, when he returned from um, going to prep school there, he uh, took off. I mean, he led. He was one of the leading area scorers here, about around 27 points a game. And the kid just led us. I mean, he was the only senior that was in our starting lineup at the end of the year. It was a senior, two sophomores, and two juniors. That's pretty incredible. So, in your opinion, you probably put Jamal up there with, with the best players in the whole uh, city of Cleveland, right? So, uh, there was only three kids in the whole state that made all state in both basketball and football. And Jamal was one of those kids. 
in, in the whole state to, to, to conquer that mission. That's that's big in itself. Now, Jamal, uh, after what Coach just talked about, it's pretty impressive stuff. I want to know, um, you know, for you, was basketball always your first love or was it football since you had a chance to star and be all state in both? It might sound crazy. Football or basketball were my first, my first sport. It was baseball. I started taking basketball series probably like seventh grade or eighth grade year. Then I was supposed to play baseball in high school, but I didn't. So I just stuck with football and basketball through my high school career. I don't. I'm not surprised you loved baseball. That makes a lot of sense. What were you we, as a kid? Did you grow up playing little league, and are you a big Indians fan? Uh, tell me what that was like. Yeah, I'm a big Indians fan. Uh, I grew up playing in like little rec center leagues, like um, little F. It's stuff called like little F and big F and stuff. That's with the younger kids and older kids. So I played on both squads. Jamal, when you look at uh, when you look at guys in the NBA right now, like Anthony Edwards, who is a dual sport athlete too, he played football, you know, in high school and college, and then uh, you know now is starting in the NBA. Is that kind of your inspiration right there, guys who could just do it all and, and play any kind of sport? Yeah, it was more of a Michael Jordan because I was more of a baseball and basketball guy when I was younger. Not always football was never in in the progress of me playing for real. Michael Jordan, uh, by the way, it's a, it, it seems like you have good taste. I like that. That's uh, nice. Michael is 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 ageless, isn't he? He's the kind of guy that doesn't matter if you're playing high school now or you're playing high school uh, 35 years ago. You still realize how great Jordan was. Yes, sir. Is he the uh, is he the goat in your opinion? No, LeBron is. Really? Yes. Oh, that's a uh, now. Coach, I'm not surprised. Jamal's going with uh, LeBron over Jordan, um, especially where you guys are from. Do you agree or do you give the edge to uh, MJ? I'm going to have to go with LeBron. I'm going to have to go with LeBron as well. Are there any fans of LeBron in the uh, you know in Ohio that will give Jordan the edge? Some some older guys, some guys yeah. who were around you know during um, Jordan's era. I'm a little younger than um, than that those guys, but. I'm going to definitely roll with, with LeBron there for sure. All right. Coach, did you see Jordan play? Do you remember Jordan's game with the Bulls? Absolutely. I remember Jordan. Um, I'm not that young, but <laughs> I remember Jordan. Uh, he definitely did his thing. Scoring got a lot. I think, I think LeBron makes everybody better. Mm-hmm. He, he got, I mean, he's got a lot of guys paid. Booby Gibson, Virgil. We can go. We can name a bunch of guys that owe LeBron a lot of money. I agree. Uh, Scotty Pippen owes Michael Jordan a lot of money, wouldn't you say? Well, according to Scotty, Scott Michael owe him a lot of money. It depends on who you ask. Uh, I'll, I'll trust I'll trust MJ over Pippen in terms of that one any day of the week. But you're right, absolutely right. Especially if you had a chance to watch the Last Dance and and uh, right. read Scotty's autobiography, which he just came out with. So that's right. uh, that's that's a great point. We're with Coach uh, Sean Spencer and also Jamal Sunlin, uh, the uh, Sunlin, the newest minor. Now, Jamal, as all state in football, what was the position that uh, you excelled in? Just being the leader on that, being the leader on the squad, that wasn't really my sport. You feel me? So I was just taking everything by step by step and learning new things so we could accomplish our goal that we wanted to get. You play quarterback, you play running back. What what were you? I was a uh, receiver. I was a wide out. And on defense, I played uh, safety and a little bit of corner. I was their kicker and punter. Oh, really? Okay, so yes. you did you did a little bit of everything on the one you were all state. You played every position. Yeah. What was yeah. your best position? Wide receiver or a defensive back? Uh wide receiver. I say wide receiver. Okay. I was a more of a I was more of a like a guy you throw the ball up and go get it over people. 
Any interest in possibly doubling up and playing two sports in college and uh, maybe uh, giving a little UTEP football some time in addition to basketball? Or are you 100% committed to basketball right now? Right now it's 100% basketball. It's a, I have to talk with my coaches and friends, about me and family about that. All right. Um, Coach Spencer, do we should we envision any possible moonlighting from Jamal playing football over the next uh, four or five years? Nah, not going to happen. No, no, no. <laughs> Okay. Um, what about, uh, Jamal, what about some of the other schools that were also talking to you prior to signing with the Miners? Who else uh, was recruiting you? Um, about sophomore, I think junior year, uh, Ryder University was hitting me up, Cleveland State. A lot of match schools was hitting me up and stuff. Then I don't know what really happened. I just kept pushing because Spencer said you got to keep pushing there, come back no matter if they leave or uh, you feel me. Coach, do you find that in um in in Ohio in general, um, do players like like Jamal and others like him, um, are they being recruited to the full capacity of where they should be, or for the most part, is Ohio not being given the same kind of um, uh, let me say that same kind of attention that other other cities, other states have in terms of their high school talent? Um, I, I would say that, you know, sometimes it, it's that, that thing, that recruiting piece is a lot on relationships, to be honest. Uh, with me being a new head coach, I had I had Jamal, I had another kid at Marion Dickerson, I had another kid, Keyshawn Hall, who were all division talents. But because me being a new head coach, you know, guys were a little leery about coming into the gym, you know, trusting what I saw, trusting what they saw on film. So, uh, again, that, that relationship piece, and, and now they know that I know what that looks like. It's amazing to me now coaches, you know, reaching out, hey, coach, you know, how's Jamal doing? And, you know, is it, is it official with UTEP or, you know, how's another kid doing? You know, so I think we're, we're it goes with the relationship piece and then also making sure kids go out there and do what they're supposed to do when they get on campus. Jamal, how did UTEP find you? Tell me the story about how you became a minor. Uh, so Coach Earl, when he was uh, coaching in Arkansas, I think, mm-hmm. Little Rock, something like that, Arkansas. he very he cruel me. So when he went over there, I guess they were just looking after me ever since he got over there. Then they just recruited me and they showed up to the gym. I showed them what I could do and stuff. And they liked my game. So Earl Boykins, who played in the NBA for a dozen years and is one of UTEP's assistant coaches this, uh, you know, these last couple seasons, he, you were on his radar even when he was uh, out there at Arkansas. Yes, sir. Well, that's big because we were kind of wondering. And by the way, that's one of the things we know also, Coach uh, Spencer, that is um, when you look at Coach Boykins, uh, he probably can spot a good one when he sees it. And, you know, we think back to the days of Tim Hardaway when he came to UTEP from Chicago. He had no offers at the time, nothing uh, substantial, and turned into uh, now a a basketball Hall of Famer. So sometimes – even uh, today in the age of social media and the internet, you can still find diamonds in the rough like uh, like UTEP has. Absolutely. I truly believe Jamal is one of those guys. Once he gets on campus, you know, get in that weight room, get on that court, you know, able to just really focus on basketball and academics. I mean, 24-7 access to the gym, facilities, weight room, training, dietitian, everything he needs is right there in front of him. So, I'm really expecting uh, big things from Jamal. You guys stay tuned. What was your relationship with Coach Boykins like during the search? Uh, Coach was cool, real cool guy. I knew him from the city. He was actually uh, really good friends with my cousin who passed. So I was able to speak about some of that good stuff there. And um, Coach was just honest with me. You know, he liked Jamal. He, 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 Coach Golden was extremely nice. 
Um, when he flew into town and checked them all out, was totally transparent, told me what they thought, told me where they envisioned the program going, and they were up to some big things this year. Jamal, going back to Earl Boykins, uh, you know, just his connection to the city of Cleveland, did that give you some kind of, you know, comfort level that you're, you're going to be going to a place in El Paso where, with somebody who knows your, your you know, your, your backyard in Cleveland? Yeah, so I feel like Earl will help me with a lot of stuff, too, outside of court, like just with life in general. I feel like he can help me through whatever adversity that I hit and whatever I'm going through. Take me through all those jerseys behind you. I want to see that. I've got. I see a Cleveland three. I see um, what looks like about five or six jerseys. Tell me the story behind all of them right now, uh, Jamal, because you're, you're, you've got jerseys everywhere behind you. Uh, these jerseys. This one comes from hard working and stuff. You feel me? It's a couple of these jerseys, it's the same team. They just different colors. That's where I started at and stuff. That's right. why everything's happening. Um, I noticed you have a number three. You've got a number 25. It looks like there could be a 23 there. What is the what is your favorite number? My favorite number is three. Number three? Yes. Well, guess what? Three just became available. <laughs> <laughs> Keontae Kennedy just went into the transfer portal. Congratulations. Three's open right now. You might actually get that next season. <laughs> um, all right. Now. Uh, a lot of minor fans are listening to this interview on the radio. They're hearing you. I want you to do the be- give me the best uh, description of your basketball game. If you had to, in a nutshell, tell me what your game is like. Sum it up for me. Let me hear what you do well on the court. What do you still need working, in your opinion? What I do well on the court is defend and uh, stand my ground. I'm a good play. I'm a good playmaker. I can say that the things I'm working on, uh, finishing through contact with both hands. Uh, Reverse layups and stuff, uh, pull-up jumpers and stuff, and everything else will just fall in play. So defense is where it starts for you. You like to yes, play sir. physical. Would you say that the physical style of play results from also playing football? Kind of. And me just growing up in a tough neighborhood, too. I hear that. That that kind of shaped you as a person on and off the court? Yes, sir. Just tell me stand my ground. Don't let nobody bully me. Who are some of the people in your life that have been so important to you? Uh, my mother, uh, my father was, but he passed away. Uh, and I have a one-year-old daughter, my daughter. What's it like, uh, juggling fatherhood with a one-year-old? It's, it's kind of, it's cool. It's fun. It keeps me motivated, so I feel like it's great for me. I believe it. Um, now, something else you said that I found really interesting is a playmaker. Um, so you like, do you normally play the one? Do you prefer to play the two? Uh, what's been your uh, you know, dominant position all these years as you've gotten better and better? Uh, through high school, my main position was uh, point guard. But at AAU and stuff, I played the two a lot. All right, which then takes me back to Coach Spencer. How much have you seen Jamal's growth as a basketball player uh, as a result of AAU ball? Um, I'm not a big fan of AAU. He's played on some really good AAU teams, though, to be honest. Um, and then, honestly, I think when he went overseas and played on that that three-on-three team, uh, he played. He won a silver medal, correct, Jamal, overseas yes, uh, before? So that, that team there helped him see a different style of play and Jamal, one thing, like I say, he shares the basketball. I mean, he, he makes other guys better. If he see a guy open, he's gonna get him the ball, and he also instills confidence in guys. Like I've seen some some lower tier guys get on the floor with Jamal and had the games of their lives. Like wow. And then one thing about on, on that defensive end, he's gonna go. You, you're gonna know you've been in a game. You, you won't walk out of there saying, you know what, I got I got those points. He's whatever you score, you will work for. 
I didn't realize he played in a, in a three-on-three tournament overseas. Tell me a little bit more about that one. Well, he would have to speak to that. I, I didn't go overseas with him. All right, Jamal, where were you? Uh, tell me a little bit about what that was like for you. Uh, we went to Lithuania. I, I forgot what grade I was. I think I was in like seventh, sixth grade. It was very good. I experienced a lot of new things that I never thought I would experience out overseas and stuff. So sixth or seventh grade, when you were just kind of getting getting going in basketball, you uh, spent time in Lithuania playing in that tournament. Was there a lot of other teams from the U.S. or was it mostly European teams? Uh, it was it was both. It was a mixture of both teams and stuff. Now was that through AAU ball at the time? No, it was uh, with the city of Cleveland with the mayor Frank Jackson. Uh, I guess the like the Olympus people hit him up and told him about it, and they said grab your four best players that's in the city. And we want to invite them across to our uh, town and stuff. So that's what happened. So you were one of the best players in the city as like a seventh or a seventh or eighth grader. That's pretty amazing. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> All right, coach. Uh, back to you for a second. Tell me why you dislike AAU ball. You're not the first to say it, and you won't be the last. But give me your opinion on AAU basketball. Some guys, um, Jamal's a little more talented, so it didn't it didn't mess up his game. But it's just up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. There's no really strategy. There's no. Uh, game plan is really I'm going to take my best guys and put them out there against your best guys and kind of see what happens. Kind of like open gym, where I'm a more of a structured guy. I want guys running lanes. I want guys knowing help defense. I want guys knowing, you know, when to rotate, you know, front the post because we're not really big. And that, that AAU kind of gets away from that, does I it, believe. Does it bother you that so many players will see their stock jump as a result of AAU ball and competitions versus high school ball? It doesn't really bother me. I mean, some some of my guys have been fortunate enough to have that happen to them as well. Uh, but it always goes back to high school ball. They want high school film. They want high school transcripts. They want high school test scores. So when high school ball is, is doing well. well. We'll be around for a while. All right. Now, uh, I've heard a lot of Jamal. I want, And you've given me a lot of uh, great information on him, too. If minor fans are listening as we wrap this up, what would you say, Coach, is what we should expect from uh, Jamal Sumlin here over the next uh, three, four seasons at UTEP? Uh, for the past three, three, four years, excuse one year because of COVID, he started every game. He's probably missed on one hand three practices in, in four years. Um, he's, he's accountable, he's a leader, and he's a winner. Jamal is a winner. Jamal, you guys are in good hands with Jamal. I mean, he started as a true freshman for us at Rose and, and carried us, uh, scored, you know, almost 30 points in the city championship game. We were down 18 points at halftime. So, yeah, Jamal Jamal's a, a tough kid, man. You, you guys are getting a tough, hard-nosed kid who plays the game really hard. Jamal, I'm looking forward to meeting you. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the UTEP campus. I think that's going to be terrific. As we wrap things up, uh, Jamal, do you like Mexican food? Because you're going to get a lot of the best Mexican food you've ever had in your entire life while you're here in El Paso over the next four years. I knew y'all was going to ask that question. I knew it. Uh, yes, I like Mexican food. Uh, my daughter, mom, they kind of Mexican, so they, they kind of Chinese, so they eat a lot of Mexican food and stuff, so I'm, they got me used to that. All right, what's your favorite Mexican food right now? What do you like the best? Really can't really tell you right now. I like, like all of it for for. Well, I mean, you got tacos. You got enchiladas. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that, that's the basic I, stuff. I, I'll say tacos. All right. Well, let me tell you something. You're going to get some of the best tacos you've ever had in your life while you're here in El Paso. We promise you that. We will, uh, Coach, we'll make sure he gains a little weight eating Mexican food. How's that? For sure. You guys are in good hands. All right. Coach Spencer, Jamal, great having you on the program. And uh, can't wait to see you in El Paso. Jamal, looking forward to it. and wish you guys nothing but the best. Appreciate it for having me on. See you guys soon. There he is. 
Uh, Jamal Sumlin and uh, Coach Sean Spencer as we continue here on Sports Talk. 18 in front of 6. We'll wrap up Hour 2 in a moment right here on 600 CSPN El Paso. Coach Spencer, Jamal Sumlin joining us uh, here on the program tomorrow. Mario McKinney Jr. in our 4 o'clock hour via Zoom. That's another one I'm looking forward to in a big way. Man, that one should be a lot of fun. We've seen a a, a UTEP minor in Gavin, Evan Gilliard transfer over and become a New Mexico State Aggie, but we haven't seen an Aggie become a minor like Mario McKinney Jr., and uh, it'll be great to talk to the former Aggie current minor tomorrow in our 4, four o'clock hour. This is UTEP's answer to Evan Gilliard from a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, it's exactly right, and you know, it's a shame that uh, minor fans never got a chance to see Evan Gilliard play against uh, the minors mm. when he was with New Mexico State, but Aggie fans will get a chance to see Mario McKinney play against, uh, play against them in the Battle of I-10 this year. That's a good point. That is a good point, um, and I'm sure you know he'll have a lot to say about becoming a minor. Hey, by the way, um, I'm assuming Mario McKinney Jr. visited UTEP on the campus before he made his choice, right? I'm assuming so as well. I think that they hosted him. It's been reported that he, they've hosted uh, Southern Mrs. Tay Hardy. They've hosted El Paso Zone and Evansville transfer Jawan Newton. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming they did with uh, Mario McKinney as well. How did they not get him in a UTEP jersey? So when he tweets that he's going to be playing with the minors, he's not wearing a New Mexico State uniform. You know what? No, like who's who's in this department right now? Who's in like the marketing uh, basketball department? Because all they need to do is just Photoshop that jersey. I mean, to have those two uh, like colors clash is so weird on a single post. It was weird. I'm with you on that. Like they usually take pictures of all these guys in minor jerseys when they come on their visit. Yeah. Did somebody forget to text it to him? Maybe. <laughs> they couldn't get that photo over to him quick enough or something like that. But, yeah, I was I was a little surprised to see that as well, Steve. I, I, I didn't know why uh, you didn't see him at least in, like, some UTEP gear, a UTEP shirt or something. Something. Because weren't there, like, two photos of him at New Mexico State on that one? Yeah, it's like the, the first one is him in the back of his jersey, and the second one is him at the front of his Aggie jersey. Yes. Maybe you wanted it that way. Maybe you want it to be like an instigator. That would we should we you want to think we should ask. Him yeah, we have to ask that Tim tomorrow because that is a that's a fascinating point. If not, we'll we'll tell him. Hey, we'll set you up with some Photoshop guys. So in the future, we can we can uh, hook you up like that. I mean, Ruben probably took some photos, doesn't he? Isn't he the one who usually True. goes and, and shoots photos of the recruits? It's a good point. Yeah, it's a really good point. So I would think, I would think, I don't know. Anyway, um, all right. Well, yeah, that was something that had kind of made me. And, and by the way, somebody we, we're we're gonna tell we're gonna have to tell Mario tomorrow. Miners is M I N E R, not M I N O R. I know. Yeah, and then yeah, you know Texas El Paso, those kinds UTEP. of things. Yeah. Well, so we we just we need to, we need to make sure that when he gets done with us, he knows everything, and there's no more of this stuff. There, there needs but to did be. You like- notice even Sean Spencer called it Texas El Paso. Yeah. What is it with people when they think about UTEP and they think it's Texas El Paso? Now, yes, it is Texas El Paso, but it's UTEP when it comes to hoops. I feel like everybody wants to keep Texas there. Like they want, they want to say, "Oh, my my guy's playing in Texas" or or something like that. That's why they like to throw out the Texas El Paso. But no, it's UTEP. We we need like a cheat sheet branding guide that uh, UTEP gives to all their recruits and stuff like that. That would be awesome. I mean, at least it, I guess because it could be worse. They could have called it El Paso University. Oh, that's the worst when you hear, or when you hear UTEP University. That's even worse. <laughs> you see these things, Steve. It's horrible. Oh, my God. 
blessed to be offered a scholarship by El Paso University. I'm like, really? Where's that? Where's that located? I feel like you know who's really oh good at finding God. these is Sal. He'll Sal Montes will always find these like UTEP University. He'll always send these to me, and we're always shaking our head. Hilarious. Come back, final hour next. Stay with us. Sports talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Oh, X minus one with us to begin our final hour of the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Talk. Here he is, Adrian Broaddus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Hey, we've got 60 minutes to go. We'd love to get your phone calls going. Love to hear from you. 880-5763 was our old number. We ditched that a few months, a few weeks ago. Now we've got a new one. It's called 505-6009. 505-6009. Use it. Remember it. Bookmark it. Save it. 505-60. Zero nine, get you through to the show. You can also tweet us at six hundred ESPN El Paso, like Eric the number forty eight just did. Are you all really surprised that UTEP screwed something up? I guess he was in reference to the um, Mario McKinney Jr. tweet that he was coming to UTEP and used his New Mexico State um, jersey photos. I'm not ruling out the the possibility that it was intentional. You are. Or you're not. I'm not. I'm not ruling out that possibility. You think it could have been a dig. Yeah, it could have been a dig right there to the Aggies or just to try to be an instigator, just to try to create some conversation. Do you think he'll be honest with us tomorrow when we ask him? Uh, I, I hope he does. I hope he is. It, either way, like, hey, no, 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 I, I just, you know, no one could edit my photo or something like that. I hope it's that answer, or I mean, maybe it's that answer, but maybe it's not. Maybe he's like, you know what, I wanted to dig the Aggie fans real quick. No, that's true. Hey, by the way, I'm excited about Jesse Schulten's pitching tonight for the Chihuahuas against Vegas. If they're going to break that losing streak, it's going to come tonight. He's been amazing. 12 scoreless so far for Jesse Schultens. And the Chihuahuas need something because, like, yesterday they had a, a nice start, and then as soon as, uh, you know, the uh, the seventh inning came around, a 15-batter bottom of the seventh inning, and the Aviators run away with it, a 12-5 victory for Las Vegas. Yeah, it's not looking good for the Chihuahuas so far in the series as they've dropped the first two. No, it's not. Maybe they'll win the last three. Maybe they'll drop the first three and then win the last three. Like uh, their weird scheduling and and win loss, uh, uh, you know, win loss record has been thus far. That would be weird, wouldn't it? I mean, if they if they lose in their first three and then they win the last three, that would be kind of crazy. Yeah, after winning the first three games of the first two series and then dropping the final three games of those two first series. Now it seems like the reverse. So it. weird. So weird for the Chihuahuas. It is weird. I'm with you on that one. But look what Jesse Schultens has done. 12 scoreless. He's the only AAA pitcher to not allow a run yet this season. Um, also, he's one of just two in all of pro baseball who have not allowed a run yet this season. And one of four to have not allowed an earned run. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a really good start for Jesse Schultens. Uh, and, and you know, it's been interesting for the Chihuahua starting pitchers because they've all been pretty sharp. Like, uh, Reese Kinnair had a nice start yesterday. Uh, he, he did, you know, he did allow those runs, but he struck out seven batters and, and walked two. So he had a, a pretty decent outing yesterday. He did. Um, they just, it's just unfortunately the perfect storm sometimes. That's what it is, whether it's uh, giving up run, giving up some runs in the bullpen or the bat's not coming alive. I mean, five runs should normally be enough to win a game, but not in the PCL. You know, five runs. Five runs came and get you through sometimes four or five innings, the way that uh, that league goes. Tim Haggerty is going to join us uh, coming up uh, here uh, at the end of the show today, and he'll have a good story about a celebrity encounter with Hags. I'm excited about that part, too. Really am. Hey, I haven't heard from this guy in a while. 
He is the president of the Ichiro Suzuki Fan Club. There's also news with Ichiro or recent uh, developments with Ichiro, right, Steve? There is. Are we going to get that from Richard? I hope we do. I hope we get a breakdown. You think we will? I think we do. All right, let's find out. Gator Richard joins us next. Go Gators. Thanks for the call, Richard. Good to hear from you. Hey, Happy New Year. Hey, thanks, man. Happy New Year to you. It's April the uh, 21st, and it's perfect timing, man. Nicely done. How you doing? Good. Now that you called, I'm doing much better, man. How are you? All right. Hey, so um, you, you saw Ichiro throw that first pitch out, right? Yeah, I did. Are you, are, by All the right. way, are you, are you surprised? What, that he threw 90? Yeah. 90 plus, 93.2? And by the yeah, way, in pretty impressive. Full, in full uniform. In yeah, he's full. He's ready to go. All they got to do is just tell him, "Hey, you know what? We need a reliever. Get up there and throw some heat." Dude's in his 2001 Mariners uniform, and he just throws a zinger. A zinger. I mean, think, come on. Think about this, Steve. Can you fit in the clothes like like a suit that you had 20 years ago? No, of course not. Could All you? Right. I'm just checking, man. I don't know. No. By the way, the uh, fastball that he threw, 84 and a half miles an hour, which, let's be honest, uh, he's 48 years old, didn't even warm <laughs> up, and the dude just drills a 84-mile-an-hour fastball on the uh, – that's incredible. So did they get him on the gun or somebody guesstimating that? Uh, that is according to StatCast. So okay. They, they clocked well, him. They oh, they clocked him. All right. Could be the yeah, fastest. I, I saw that an, could I be, saw by an the way. Article. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the fastest. I saw a bunch of articles that hit my uh, my email. You know, because I got like anything keyword Ichiro that hits my email. Oh yeah, that's exactly man. You're searching Ichiro every day. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just hits on there. I never really disabled that one. It just keeps showing up. I, Maybe there's a bunch of other people named Ichiro, too. So, Could be. But, that could be. Hey, I, I had a question. Two, two questions, actually. Okay, this portal thing. Okay, you remember that, remember that movie Moneyball? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Adrian, see that one? Adrian, have you seen Moneyball? Yes, I have. Yeah. He, he, very surprising he's seen that one. But anyhow, it's kind of... Cerebral. Okay, so if you take the money ball approach to this uh, portal, transfer yes. portal, okay, so it's not like the, the portal like on Star Trek, you know, where they walk through a, a, a gate and, they, and they're back in time or another planet or anything like that. The science is there. All you got to do is look at it and take it, take it, you know, for what it's worth. You guys, you guys think that there's some kind of secret to it, but everybody's at the same disadvantage or the same advantage. The guys that get hurt the most are are like the Alabamas of the world that you know get all five star recruits and then they lose them to competitors. See what I mean? And it's not like. It's not like there's incentives going on. I mean, you know, UTEP hat and a UTEP, uh, you know, account at the at the bookstore ain't gonna cut it. 
That's that's my take on but that. You said the Alabamas get hurt the most. I mean, Alabama's got probably millions in their NIL funds to try to get the best players they can, right? Well, yeah, they they got the recruiting. You know, all, sure. all someone has to do is send a uh, interest, you know, letter to some high school kid, and the guy's on cloud nine. Right. Okay. Right. Now, the other the other thing I want to ask Adrian because I heard his take on Lost Boys. Okay. Which, Love that movie. Love that movie, Richard. Yeah, but you you completely whiffed on on the music. The soundtrack. Ah, that's that's a good point. You know, hey, I, I got to give you credit on that because the the soundtrack was great to that movie. Do you even know any of the people that were any of the songs played, or is that all before your time? It was all before my time for sure, but uh, I, I do remember. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. Come on. <laughs> I well, okay. I'm trying to remember like specific artists who were in it, but I do remember it was just kind of crazy. It was like all over the place. Well. Okay, so you remember when the kid was taking a bath, a bubble bath, and then the the dog freaked out and uh, went after the brother? Yes. Okay, that's that song was by the band. You, you, uh, I'm familiar boy, with I'm the sorry, band. You, I'm with. I'm familiar uh, with the band. Okay. You do not know who the band is. Yes, yes, I do. Oh, they have okay. the album. If you, if you say so. <laughs> I'm just messing with you again, man. Come on. Oh Anyhow, God. this is, okay, like, wait, this wait, is wait. like roasting the- sports talk with um. This is this is he's <laughs> making up for well, lost I'm, time today. Well, this is great. Yeah, but that, that's good though. I'm I'm glad you're you're. Uh, I'm listening. I'm looking at doing the, the self improvement thing and creating your own segment. That's <laughs> you know the, the self promotion. I like that. I appreciate you, Richard. I appreciate you. So, which anyhow, hey, I need a, I need some uh, movie uh, recommendations from you, Richard. Okay, you. I'll give you one, and if you can find it, and and name you know a couple of the old timers on there, you know th- this was a uh, favorite of uh, some like aircraft designer, if I remember right, but Ice Station Zebra. Now, listen, if, I, I, if, listen if you're I'm, not, I'm if, your age, if, and I don't even know that movie. Okay, well, Ice Station Zebra, I won't ruin it for anybody, but there's got to be somebody out there that's seen it. And my blood pressure, man, it, it's like spot on when I watch this movie. You know, right? Like when the guy's like, oh, it goes to open up the torpedo tube, and that, and that big-ass door comes rushing out and smacks him in the face. Okay, beautiful. That movie is is tip top, and there there's an ex submariner that was on my ship back in the day. He said, "Good God, man! They're actually filming the the prop of the submarine, which you know he explained to us the the uh, dynamics of you know if you get all you need is a picture of the prop, then you can interpolate what it sounds like in the water, and you know." Hunting submarines is a big, pretty big deal in the Navy. But anyhow, have fun watching that one. There you go. All right. Good job, Richard. Appreciate the phone call today. Thanks for getting in, man. We know. All right. We'll see you. We'll talk to you soon. He's give you gave you a good uh, recommendation. Ice Station Zebra. Have you ever seen it? No. No, i not heard of it. In 1968, a quick Google search. No, I didn't. I didn't. But that's good. At least he's giving you, a, giving you one to watch. Okay. I guess I'll add it to the list. Uh, how many stars? 
This one is a. <laughs> this one was rated forty-seven percent by Rotten Tomato, six point six from IMDb. Okay, that's not bad. I've heard. I've heard worse. So, by the way, um, Richard's blowing up on Twitter for people that have never heard him before. I'm like, really? He got calls the show all the time during football season. Where have you guys been? But in a random six o'clock on a, an April day. Some people are hearing Richard, and they're like, they're in shock. Like, no, that's this is this is pretty much Richard. <laughs> they didn't starts expect- out with Ichiro, and then just goes, uh, you know, goes downhill from there. Yeah, I was gonna say they didn't expect the Ichiro talk that he brings up. You know, he always brings up three things in, in his uh, calls. He always brings up Ichiro, always brings up the SEC, always brings up UTEP in a negative way. Yeah, he always has a chance for that, right? That's just that's just how it works with Richard. Yeah, so. it's like uh, it has to happen every time he calls in. By the way, uh, speaking of movies to watch, I do recommend this because this is one of my all-time favorites. You need to watch The Final Countdown. Okay. I'll throw it on. Uh, I think that's our closing closing song as well. Yeah, it's an actual movie. Um, and uh, this is 1980, by the way. Um, it stars Kirk Douglas, Martin Sheen, and Catherine Ross. Okay. All right. I'm, I'll add it to the list. It's wild, man. By the way, if you want to watch it, it's on Tubi. Perfect. Free free television right there. Yeah. Free movies. It's a it's a it's a cool one. You like time travel movies? Wow, it's sci-fi war movie. Wow. Oh, this is serious stuff, man. Serious stuff for the final countdown. Especially when it's an it's an aircraft carrier and uh, gets involved in a storm. Next thing you know, it's thrown back in time to nineteen forty one in Hawaii, hours before uh Pearl Harbor. Whoa, okay. Oh, it's serious. Okay. It's cool stuff. All right, I'll I'll throw this on for sure. Since he just gave you, uh, what was it, I Station Zero? It was, yeah, I Station Zebra. Oh, zebra. Okay. What is a that, name. Is that available to watch on a uh, streaming platform? I think you can uh, rent it on Amazon. Okay. So, yeah, Thank, there you go. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate that one. Um, 16 past. We got a Hags in about 30 minutes. But first, let's go to Charlie with traffic. All right, 20 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. Our telephone number to get into the show is 915-505-6009. Most people listening do not uh, remember the name Daryl LaMonica. However, any Raiders fan is familiar with LaMonica. Because number three was that quarterback that was such a big part of those 60s Oakland Raider teams. In fact, if you think about it, uh, LaMonica led the Raiders in the Super Bowl two against the Packers and Lombardi. And, um, you know, someone that clearly was the, you know, AFL, um, one of the best quarterbacks in the AFL during a period where they were throwing like crazy. And LaMonica uh, also stayed as the starter when John Madden became head coach in 1969. Uh, What a great year that was for him. 3,300 yards, 34 touchdowns. And remember, that was also when the Raiders were in the uh, title game as well, the final title game before the merger. So uh, they beat up on the Oilers uh, in the divisional round, 56-7. to And, you know, you think about uh, really what Daryl LaMonica meant uh, to the Raiders. He was a big, big part. You had Jack Kemp, you had Namath and Maynard. Um, and, 
you know, you, you just had so many greats in the AFL in the 60s. LaMonica was one of those. And trust me, uh, a guy that was drafted in 63, so he's 80 years old. We just lost him uh, today. I think uh, a tough day for Raider fans, especially those that remember watching the silver and black in the uh, mid to late 60s. I like his nickname, the Mad Bomber, because he loved to throw bombs in games, Steve. I feel like uh, somebody who really helped pave the way for more of the passing offenses in the NFL. So, yes, I'm with you. I think a lot of Raider fans are mourning the loss of LaMonica today. How about this? The story goes that when the Raiders traded for him from the Buffalo Bills, he was out hunting. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. And caught a 35-pound bobcat, and he named the bobcat Raider. Oh, that's a good one right there. I like that a lot. That sounds like a Coach Haskins story right there and, and, and Bill Knight. Yeah, I like that too. All right, uh, let's go to Chester. He joins us as Sports Talk continues. 23 past the hour, 505-6009. Chester, welcome aboard. How you doing? How are you? Good, Chester. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Thank you for having me on your television show. Well, it's radio, but close enough. What's going on, Chester? The, the thing about uh, I Station Zebra. Oh, yes. It's not, it, it ain't a movie. Ice Station it, Zebra. For those of you that are wondering, that was the recommendation that last segment uh, Richard told Adrian he needed to watch it. So, Ice Station Zebra, the Rock Hudson 1968 film that starred Ernest Borgnine also, and Jim Brown is in that movie as well. You're saying it is not a movie, even though it was a movie. Correct? Uh, no, that's not what I heard. Uh, growing up as a little child, I didn't hear that at all. So uh, did you actually no, hear the it, story about Ice Station, Ice Station Zebra as, as an actual... Uh, I mean, maybe it was was no, it based on a true story? I heard it as a child... Uh, in Sunday school, uh, it was actually in 1892 when that occurred. Uh, up in the North Pole in Alaska, the, the reindeer got hit with a plague of hoof and mouth disease. And they had a severe die-off of all the reindeer, and Santa Claus couldn't get nothing to pull his sleigh. So he went to Africa to import a herd of zebras, but they wouldn't do it to a place uh, with a title and a name like Sandy's Castle, North Pole, Alaska. So he came up with Ice Station to make it sound more official. And that, because of that, in 1892, all the children of the world got to get their presents uh, because of uh, the zebra. That's the story we heard at the uh, the, the First Baptist Church uh, when I was growing up, and uh, you know I I I, said, I don't know if it's true or not, uh, um, but that's that's what we heard. I think that Richard fella, uh, you know, he got it wrong, and uh, you know if you were a child living up up near La Mesa, up near. Uh, uh, Odessa, uh, you heard the same start, but that's what I heard as a child. Uh, what years are we talking about when you heard that story? Ooh, I tell you, that was uh, that was a long time ago, there, fella. 
That was probably, uh, I think, uh, 1933. 33? As a kid, you you got to be like in your 90s then, Chester. I'm 87 years old. 87? All right. Yeah. All right. But I, I listened to that Richard fella, and uh, he sounds like a good old boy, but he needs to get out of the house a little bit more. <laughs> I love it. Chester, good job, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you getting in. Oh, that's good. That was good. Chester the Jester. I like Chester. Maybe uh, Richard's buddy or something. I hope I hope Richard does voices because if that's the case, he's got a new one right now with Chester, doesn't? Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. That was uh, that was quite a call right there. Oh my God! Another line we're gonna can we hear what this one's about? Five zero five six zero zero nine. Our telephone number here as uh, sports talk has just completely taken a uh, a, a tumble down uh, here in our final hour. It, it really has. I'm I'm wondering if there's going to be any possible, um, well, maybe not. I was gonna say, could could anybody be bringing any sanity to this hour? And I my answer is no, no zero sanity. Here I was trying to talk about uh, Daryl LaMonica, and we ended up getting a story from 1933 about Santa Claus and the legend that was Ice Station. Um, was ice station zebra oh my goodness steve this was uh, i did not expect this kind of a phone call right here uh i thought it was going to be some kind of a like a war war story behind this but uh that was uh that was quite the call right there yep that's a good way to put it all right great job screening by the way terrific um really proud and impressed of you tonight uh we're, <laughs> thank you we're working hard right we're really working hard yeah most or, definitely. or we're hardly working uh here's pinky we know what Pinky's going to do. Uh, he's going to join us next. Hey, what's going on, Pinkster? Hey, I'm over here working on my yard, and then all of a sudden, Junior Sample calls up, and I'm wondering if that's Gator Richard's cousin that's just calling in. So <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some crazy guys calling in today, which is good. It's entertaining. I'll give you that much. But uh, uh, I, I just had to put my two cents in about that. It's crazy how people get involved in Ice Station Zebra, which I do remember. And I remember Daryl LaMonica as a mad bomber. There you go. Uh, it's, it's, it's just one of them things where today's been an awesome show, and I just want to thank you. I also want to thank you for the article on, on Larry. I met him when I, we moved to Santa Teresa, and we went to go eat at his place. And, and like I said before on Twitter, you know, you walked in, and you knew you were in the right place. You, you just knew. And Larry's a good guy, and we can go talk about, a lot about him. But, you know, he's one of those persons that you just stays in your mind. And like I said, each time I drive by, I look over there, and it's, there's another pizza place there, and I won't advertise for him. But, uh, you know, it's it's thanks for the memory. I mean, it, this 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 old man, actually, he was a year younger than I was. Mm. So oh. I'm happy I'm happy you enjoyed the story, uh, this, the story on the website today about Larry Gold and Hello Pizza. I appreciate that. Yeah, and, you know, Let's go Miners and go Giants. I'm glad they're leaving New York. They had a rough time this this week over there. Wasn't Just easy North. for them. Wasn't easy. How's the grass looking out there in Santa Teresa? Pretty good? Uh, not really because it's actually it hasn't really gotten hot yet to where the grass is really going to sprout out. So it's getting there. It'll right. get there sooner or later. Sounds you know, good, it's, it's just uh, spots of yellow here and there, but I'm, I'm doing okay. Right. I'm fine. Appreciate you. Thanks, Pinky. Good to talk to you. Hey, take it easy, man. Bottom of the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Finally, bring a little sanity back to the hour. 
uh, after uh, Richard and Chester. As uh, Eric Fournier tweeted the show, they've sabotaged the hour, hijacked the show. So, um, well, let's put it this way. They made it interesting, right? They made it interesting. It was like uh, we, we didn't know where Chester was going to land in that phone call, and then at the end he, he slipped something about Richard and uh, getting out the, out of the house a little bit more. And, yeah, you kind of figured where this was coming from. As long as my boss doesn't call and and get on my cell phone and ask what you're doing right there, uh, Adrian, uh, then we're in good shape. So as long as Brad missed that part of the show, we're okay, right? I hope he heard it. Then he would have been like, <laughs> wow, that, that's, a, that's some interesting sports talk conversation yeah, it, going on. It, it, it really is. All right, 31 pass. Let's keep things moving. One last Sports Center update is next. Adrian, uh, we are you're nearing the finish line. We've got th- a little less than 30 minutes to go in the program. You want in. 915-505-6009, our telephone number. That's 505-6009. Gets you through to the program. Esteban tweets the show. Richard doesn't even pronounce UTEP properly. He said UTEP. Did he? He always, he, he does these things on purpose, uh, you know, so like when listeners point out, hey, he didn't say Jim Center's name right, or he didn't say Dana Dimmel's name right. He does these things on purpose. He's a, he's an instigator. Uh, what he calls him, Dimel? Yeah, what he calls him, Dimel. Centaur, yeah. Centaur, yeah. Centaur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I understand. That. And then he says, like, the U- the local university, I forgot, what is it called? Like, he'll forget UTEP's name. Oh, my goodness. Hey, uh, we've got uh, playoff hoops again tonight, as you mentioned, uh, during SportsCenter. Were you surprised that Kevin Durant's been struggling so much in the series right now for Brooklyn against Boston? Yeah, I'm surprised, and it's not so much uh, his inefficiency. It's more the Boston defense that has not allowed him to do anything. I mean, yesterday's game, Brooklyn's uh, cruising through that one, and they're they're beating the Celtics out pretty badly. They had a comfortable lead going into the fourth quarter, and then the Celtics hang 29 in the fourth quarter, and they beat him out uh Thanks to a great game from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I just simply think this Boston defense is built to win. I, that, that's that's the bottom line with them. I did not expect the Sixers to sweep the Raptors, and it looks like that's exactly what could be happening. Yeah, the Joel Embiid uh, finish to yesterday's game was one of the best uh, shooting performances I've ever seen in a single game by a big man. Uh, Joel Embiid first hit a turnaround uh, three-point shot to tie the game, and then to win the game with just a second left on the clock, uh, Joel Embiid hits a buzzer beater in overtime uh, to to allow Philly to win this game. I mean, the way that he was able to shoot that, I never thought... Thought he could do that. He could shoot from the outside, but Joel Embiid did just that. Thirty-three points yesterday, uh, showing why he sh- he uh, wanted to be the MVP of this league. Siakam and uh, Van Vliet really struggling in that one, and that's uh, that's part of the problem too with Toronto. I mean. When you've got Gary Trent Jr. Uh, scoring 24 and helping to carry you, that kind of tells you a little something. Yeah, and Gary Trent had been out for so long, and, and finally getting him back and getting him uh, playing so productive like he did yesterday, it's a shame that the Raptors couldn't have their other guys step up. OG Ananobi had a good night yesterday with 26 points, but uh, just not you know the other guys like Fred Van Vliet and uh, Pascal Siakam coming through. I love the Bulls um, beating uh, the Bucks and uh, closing that one out with a 41-point effort from DeMar DeRozan. This goes to show you that the Bulls might make this a very difficult series for Giannis in Milwaukee. 
you know, it's interesting because Milwaukee dodged Brooklyn. They didn't want to play Brooklyn in the first round, and they wanted to play Chicago. But when you look at all the players that Chicago has, uh, Patrick Williams, who can guard Giannis Antetokounmpo, DeMar DeRozan, who can score lights out, and then you look at the perimeter defenders and Alex Caruso, like the Bulls have players, and Zach Levine, of course. The Bulls have players on their team, and and they're a scary team when you, uh, when you catch them on the wrong night. Uh, big, big worry for the Milwaukee Bucks is they lose Chris Middleton uh, for the foreseeable future, out for maybe you know minimum two, three weeks uh, with an MCL strain. That's a huge loss for Milwaukee, who's not that deep as you know as it is right now. They're they're not a, a you know they don't have a lot of depth on their team. It's it's uh, they're going to have to ask Giannis to do a lot more than he's uh, doing right now. Well, it's going to put more pressure on guys like Brook Lopez to try to score, and then you're also asking for Drew Holiday and Wes Matthews to carry the load as well. It's not going to be easy right now for Milwaukee because they got most of, uh, if not all, their production from their starters. Yeah, I also, you know, Drew Holiday didn't have the greatest game yesterday. I know he put up, he always puts up points. That's what's going to happen with Drew Holiday. But when it counts, when you need to make that big shot, that's what that's when you kind of get judged across the NBA. And yesterday, I just didn't feel like Drew Holiday was making those big shots. No, but I'll tell you right now, I could see the Bulls turning this into a seven-game series very easily. Man, that would be very alarming for the Milwaukee Bucks, who thought they were going to cruise in this series, and now they're dealing without their second best player, arguably, in Chris Middleton. I mean, this is, you know, uh, we talked yesterday about the Phoenix Suns with their injury and, and uh, Devin Booker being out, but, you know, uh, Chris Middleton being out for the Bucks. I feel like the NBA is wide open this year. The finals are wide open now that the two favorites right now in uh, Milwaukee and Phoenix are dealing with significant injuries on their teams. Yeah, they are. They really are. I mean, Phoenix is another one. I don't know what's going to happen with them right now. Also, without Booker, that is not going to be easy. Um, you know, they don't play tonight. Tonight, by the way, uh, must win if you're Denver. Down 0-2 to the Warriors. They can't fall behind 3-0. Uh, the Dallas-Utah game is going to be interesting, especially knowing that uh, you don't have Luka tonight. That's a big one to not have your best player if you're the Mavs and really going to put a lot of pressure to try to win that game on the road without Luka. Yeah, the series is tied 1-1. They stole one at home without Luka, which was uh, impressive to begin with because the Mavs are just not good. Like, Jalen Brunson, when he's when he's on, then you're, you're uh, having a good night if you're the Mavericks. And uh, whether it's Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, they just don't have the guys who are, you know, the playoff guys that you want in these kinds of series. But the problem with Utah is they're just they, – they just don't have it. Like, they, they don't have the team chemistry. There's obviously something wrong between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Look to an offseason season trade but you know with the Utah Jazz and those guys uh and then also their coach Quinn Snyder it seems like there's a disconnect between him and the team uh, I would not be surprised if Quinn Snyder was uh was on a different team and coaching a different team next year really think that could be the end of Snyder huh yeah maybe he's the Lakers coach next year that would be a wild story in itself all right 38 passed when we come back how Seinfeld and Hags met up today in Las Vegas. That's right. We'll explain when we come back in our final countdown here on 600 ESPN El Paso.